You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. Hey, this is John from Geek Elite Media, and this podcast is being brought to you by Cuts by Candace. Candace Gist is a hairstylist that will work with you to get the right look. She uses her 18 years of experience to understand my needs and is the only one that comes near my hair. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of March 2019, and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candace on Facebook and Cuts by Candace 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you, you can. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds where it's the same year and you're the same person, but everything else is different? And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome to another issue of Imagine If. Gentlemen, this week, I mean, we're still talking about Green Lanterns here because it's 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 a green month. It's it's the it's it's the Lantern Green Lantern month, but uh I mean this week is a big week for, for DC Comics. It really oh, yeah. is. Grab on to your shamrocks and enjoy some of this Green Lantern yumminess. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and then uh not only is we're we're giving the spotlight to the GLs, but man. We're living in another milestone era. Yes, we are. 1,000 issues of Detective Comics, not Batman. 1,000 issues of Detective Comics. Now, I is, mean, Superman did it first, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, is, the, is there a difference between the 80-year anniversary of Batman and the 1,000th issue of Detective Comics? I Okay, so last year was the 89th. No, because, okay, Batman comes out in 1939. Add 80 years to that, and you come up to 2019. Yeah. So it is Batman's 80th, and it is the 1,000th. So they did it perfectly last year for 2018. Superman hits 80, action hits 1,000, and then they did it again. So when are we getting the Batman 80th anniversary issue? Is that the same as the I imagine they'll probably Detective rope it 1, into this. Okay. And then, you know, what? Is Detective, I think Detective's monthly now again, right? I believe so, yeah. So in 27 months from now, they'll be shaking us down for another anniversary issue. They'll be like, hey. Is it a, is it only one? I thought it was two a month. I think I think a lot of the books are back to monthly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because actually Good. Nightwing is. My wallet. Yeah, my wallet's happy. <laughs> happy about that. <laughs> Dis- or Marvel. Ne- <laughs> Disney. That's also correct. Hey. Yeah. Marvel needs to do that as well. Well, except for X-Men. I'm liking that book being bi-weekly. I'm appreciating yeah, that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I just I don't want all the books biased. to transform. Yes. <laughs> all course. disclosure, ladies and gentlemen, we are biased when it comes to the glorious, fantastic Scott Summers hey, and his yes. glorious revolution, reincarnation, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Awesomeness. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, yeah, we could get, don't even get us started. We could, <laughs> we could go on for days. <laughs> days. <laughs> Okay, so yes, it is the thousand. Today is the thousandth issue of Detective Comics. Uh, obviously, it's being celebrated with a huge issue. Um, I, I haven't gotten a chance to read it yet. Uh, I, I'm assuming neither one of you have yet. I read bits and pieces. Is the it, fact that you know we're working so hard, it's it's hard to really indulge, indulge, and indulge in it. And you know we want to bring out this to the masses first, and then we and then we sacrifice that time to then bring out the beautiful batman right and we're going to definitely go over it in in uh wholeness in more detail thank you when we have our round table this That's sunday right. at FanQuest comics and games in yuma arizona Come on by. So definitely come down yeah, um, come by. let's talk some batman let's talk some detective yeah well that's a, that was another question i was gonna say is 
since we don't really know, or I don't know what the stories are, is is it only going to be Batman stories? Or as you pointed out, there are 27 issues of Detective Comics before Batman even shows up. So they did it right. There will be some detective stories in there. Slam Brady makes an appearance. And I don't know if it was just a jam page, but there's a page that features a lot of detective characters. Uh, Martian Manhunter's in this, which is fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. Because Martian Manhunter first appeared, if I remember my numbers correctly, Detective Comics issue 225. Wow. So he's a huge character in that. So yeah, it's we, we got that that nor gumshoe gumption you know hard-boiled egg shakes whatever it is it's all there like this is awesome do you think we're gonna get any of the spirit oh i i wish i i (laughs) I totally wish but unfortunately uh the spirit is in limbo right now um i mean i'm all for sneaking them in if anything they'll probably do their their dc midnight ripoff slash homage character so maybe but i don't think he even made the cut but it will be heavily Batman infused. Of oh course. yeah, of that's course. what they're gonna sell. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's the beginning of the spinner rack. What else is on before we get to our Green Lantern uh, challenge for the today to to end out the rest of uh, Green Lantern month? What is on the spinner rack? Okay, so looking at comic books, because it's Wednesday, the greatest day of the week, uh, if you go to your LCS local comic shop, here are some things I'd have you keep your eyes for. Um, Action Comics hits issue 1009, and this is the issue, I believe, where we discover Clark Kent, a.k.a. Superman, also has another identity. He's working for Amanda Waller. He exposes himself to the special form of kryptonite. He has different hair and a beard, and he has a British accent, and he's a part of this whole... Uh, Levitian storyline. Okay. So it's crazy stuff. It's shenanigans. It's not Leviathan? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce these words. I'm not okay. a smart man. <laughs> Leviathan. That sounds good to me. Uh, isn't that something you take before you go to sleep? I don't know. But anyway, so... Uh, this is a Yeah, that's the words. <laughs> but anyway, so... Uh, yeah, this issue continues on. This is going to be some of the groundwork before the big Brian Michael Bendis uh, first DC event. So these are some issues to pick up, but I would recommend, and I mean, I love both artists, Steve Epting. He's a great guy, but the variant cover by Francis Manipal, this cover, like it needs to be a poster. That is such a beautiful Superman cover. And I wish I knew who did the colors because the art is great, but whoever did the colors, oh my God, they made it pop. Like, that is just a beautiful image of Superman. So, anyways, enough drool over that stuff. Batman Beyond is a big issue today, issue 30, and we see Chris Samney come over to the detect or to the, the future Detective Dark Knight. Uh, this is going to be great because we have some Chris Samney on it. We have some Dan Jurgens and Evan Doc Shaner as well. So this is going to be huge, and then it's going to deal with the, uh, the, the Robin Beyond and what's going to happen. So it looks like um, Batman Beyond's brother is kind of like, nah, dude, I don't think I want to do this. So that'll be kind of fun to read. Uh, Detective Comics, as we mentioned before, is out issue 1000. So they have variants all the way to the letter L. So that's that's a lot of numbers. Um, Dial H for Hero is back again. This will be part of DC Comics Wonderline. I have a soft spot for Dial H for Hero. Um, I, I always think of that because there was a, uh, a fifth week event called The Silver Age that DC Comics did back in like the mid-90s, late late 90s and they brought back Robbie Reed and he had his dial and you know he would spell out hero and he'd get superpowers and stuff like that that was always just such a fun thing and then in the early 2000s they brought out hero and that was just like I mean if you know somebody who's going through a dark time and is like 
thinking of committing suicide, I highly recommend you have them read Hero Issues 1 through 4. It's a beautiful story. I remember that. Um, I'm probably going to go home and read it tonight because today was a rough day. And it's just so beautiful. Like it does such a, it's just got such great character, such uh, human interaction, fantastic stuff. Flash is out with issue 67. So once again, we're dealing with the aftermath of the the price, guest starring with Batman. But this is going to be dealing with some um, lead in towards the trickster. And we're going to start seeing him come back into his classic roguiness. Freedom Fighters issue four will be out. Uh, Heroes in Crisis hits issue seven of nine. And today was really fun because there's some good blue and gold action in that one. You cannot just say no to those two guys. That's what and the world needs more of. You know, it's we need better, better electricity. We need less reliance on carbon emissions and we need more blue and gold. <laughs> I, I agree with that. That's Rafa's platform and I fully I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure this. that's on the next plat- uh, the next uh, table for the UN, UN conference. I hope so. I'm glad they're finally waking up to this true crisis. But uh, today's issue is great. If you're a Wally West fan, there's hope. So I recommend you read it. Uh, Justice League Odyssey will be celebrating its seventh issue. Martian Manor will be on part four. Mara will be getting a trade paperback, Tide Baker. So if you were definitely a fan of what you saw from the movies and you want to give her some shout outs, there you go. Shazam! The man formerly known as Captain Marvel will be celebrating his fourth issue, and that has been a fun book. Just a lot of great stuff. And there will be a Jim Lee Shazam movie variant cover, so if you like to collect those things, that's out there as well. So let me uh, break in there for a second. This past Saturday, they had a special sneak preview of Shazam um, two weeks earlier than its uh, premiere date, and they said that that two-week, or that special Saturday night showing has broken more or has gotten more money than Aquaman did when it did its two it's oh, really? two week early yeah Holy wow wow so it it's looking like this movie is going to be big and everybody's loving it and I'm so excited about that because from everything we've seen Zachary Levi phenomenal at what he's doing right the way he's being able to bring in that showcase that that wonder that excitement that childishness mm-hmm. it's it's perfect and i think also utilizing the kid i forget his actual name but the one that was in um jack glazer thank you jack dylan glazer um i think that's gonna be wonderful and if they're gonna incorporate the shazam family or shazamly i can't say it it's it's hard it's not easy. <laughs> it shouldn't be hard <laughs> it shouldn't but it's not easy and like that that's gonna add so many parts to it because i remember reading jeff johns's um shazam when it came out with new 52 mm-hmm. and how good it was and from what it's leading up to it looks like this is basically what that yeah is so yeah i'm, I'm hyped yeah no i i am stoked uh, i'm excited about this because you're right zachary levi he brings something to it like this is this could be big like and i'm not saying big i'm saying big like tom hanks yeah yeah like that was so much fun so yeah. i'm excited <laughs> about that like the, the latest trailer they had for it definitely gave me a big crossed with hancock kind of feel like the mm. the like the realness that that you saw the powers of hancock like i'm not talking like just the way they portrayed powers in Hancock, essentially. Right. Yeah. So and I definitely, I, I was digging it. I was like, this looks, I can't wait for this movie. The only real question is, would Shazam be better if Jason Bateman made a cameo? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think every movie is better when Jason Bateman makes a cameo. I completely agree. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> He's the straight man. He's straight shooter. That's right. Uh, something I want to put on your guys' radars, if, and we, we should watch this once we finish. Um, there's a trailer. I want to say sci-fi. I think they put it out. They mixed Big and Shazam, so like they I took heard about moments. That. Yeah, it's hilarious. I watched it without the sa- the sound on, and I was like, "This is great." So I can only <laughs> imagine with the sound on, it's going to be that much better. Right. 
damn work filter. No, but anyway, so, yeah. Uh, so, moving along, Super Suns Volume 1, The Polar Shed Project. So, that miniseries is being collected in its first part of its volume. Terrifics will hit issue 14, and Wonder Woman will continue on her adventures with issue 67. And just keeping it short, I'm going to hop on over to the other side of the fence over at Marvel Comics. So we have a lot of stuff coming out of there. The Age of X-Men is upon us with The Extremist Part 2 of 5. So that'll deal with some of the uh, the, the, the anti-peace, love, and happiness of the mutant world. They're probably the ones who are awoke to the situation. Amazing Spider-Man, issue 18 will be out. This will continue on with The Hunt, as this will be a hunt for a loan because this miniseries just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So tread with caution. As Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 gets a trade paperback collection, the Affinity Armada. So this has been quite an interesting book with the, the chemistry of the characters involved. Avengers No Road Home, Part 7 of 10, will be out part of the weekly series there. Black Widow hits her third issue. Now, if you're a fan of these, and I know I love to do this stuff, Color Your Own Avengers Volume 2, Earth's Mightiest Heroes Trade Paperback. So this is a great source of black and white pages that you can color. I know it sounds goofy, but it's fun. I love to ink and color. It's just so much fun because I can't draw. Um, But I highly recommend it. I mean, I usually just Google search and then print them out and do it. But hey... You could Google search and do it just hey, a little it's, too. It's therapeutic and it's fun. Yeah. And me, I don't do it because I just do the thing where, like, in the very 90s where you put, like, the flames uh-huh. on just all of the characters. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you, the two of you. Um, before the MCU started with Iron Man, I would say Iron Man probably wasn't a book that was selling the greatest. Like, it it gone through a few volumes and just, Teen Tony, right? Okay, I got you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but now I would assume that the book probably does better. Yeah. Because it has that movie sheen on it. Well, I think... So, Iron Man was a character that was very directionless. Like, they didn't know what to do with him. Um, And they obviously had to... They they had already sold off the rights to Spider-Man and and X-Men, which would probably be their two big ones. So, they had to make the star someone else. Well, yeah. Well, so building to that... So, I mean, honestly, it, it, it... I think Marvel learned a harsh lesson. Yes, selling off the property rights. Oh my God, what have we done? You know, we can't do Fantastic Four, Spider Man, and all these folks. Um, but when they did the whole Heroes Reborn thing, and that just blew up in their face, and this time they decided, you know what, let's take it more serious. And when they got Kurt Busiek and Sean Shen on Iron Man after the relaunch, that's when I think people started realizing this is a good character. Mm-hmm. They started building up some of the stuff and giving them the seriousness and making them worth a damn. And isn't the whole MCU built off of like the Ultimate Universe version? Pretty much. So wasn't Oscar of, of, uh, Scott Oscar Scott Card? Was that his name? No, it's Orson, Orson Scott. Orson Scott yeah. Card. He because he created that version of no, Iron Man. Not exactly because uh, that version of Iron Man showed up in Ultimates first. Okay. And then they decided to do an Ultimate Iron Man uh, run, and he did he did do that one, and they they made it go back into the past. Okay. Where he was a kid, a teenage kid that was creating a suit, and his best friend uh, Rhodey uh, wore the the football helmet suit that he made, and it kind of fucked him up. Okay. Yeah, because they played with this. Because actually, like it's funny if you look at the Ultimate Universe, go back and read Ultimate Marvel Team, team up, up. Yeah, and they introduce Iron Man in there, and he's way different. And they're even like meta with the idea that like, oh, Tony, or Tom Cruise played you in the movie. He's right. Like, yeah, I know. Because at that time right, he was yeah. supposed to. Yeah. But I, I would say definitely like the, the the I think the in-house publishing understood what to do with that character. 
I would say there was groundwork laid and starting to think like, okay, we need to make him something. We need to make him stand for something and be worthwhile. But yeah, once the movie hit, it's like, okay, let's make these books a top priority. And even then, the way the costume looks and everything, that goes back to, I don't know who wrote it. I've got the trade. And that was the one where basically they updated his origins to being more Desert Storm Afghanistan instead of Korean War and stuff like that. Um, Adri... Gavari, I think is the name. I'm, I'm, I know I'm saying that wrong, but he, uh, he's the one that gave us the look that we got in the Iron Man movie, and I think that's when it was like, hey, you know what? This stuff's really worthwhile. The extremists started happening, and that's where they really like took Iron Man into the future. Because when you're reading Iron Man of that era, you're like, this isn't, this isn't special. This is like a guy in a tactical suit who cares. And when they did the extremist stuff, it was like, okay, that makes sense why he's Iron Man. Yeah, I so see that. what I was getting, I mean, kind of what I was getting at uh, is that for other characters, I think I felt like it did the same. Like, I don't feel like people really, I mean, people in the mass, the masses really cared about like Black Widow. Like Black Widow wasn't a character that was oh, yeah, no, she selling was. books. But now that, uh, you know, she's Scarlett Johansson and she's been in all these Avenger movies that it's different. Well, and even then, that's still a hard argument that. Because she she really doesn't carry her own, like, and this is where I could be. This is I guess as we say it nowadays on Twitter, unpopular opinions. I think the Black Widow book just gets carried along because they're like, hey, we got to put something out there. Like, we really need to make this character worth a damn if we're gonna start making a movie, and not to spit on people's you know, like works. I mean, you had a great run from Chris Samney and Mark Wade, and I highly recommend you go out there and check it out. But you know they got those guys and they put them on other books, you know, because that was kind of more of the priority. Right now, we do have a Black Widow book. Like I said, issue three comes out today. And that's why I brought it up. Yeah, and you've got Jen Soska, Flaviano, Clayton Crane, and Sylvia Soska are the people who are on this book. And I've never heard of them. And I mean, nobody's ever heard of myself either, so that's fine. But, you know, it's just I look at that and it's kind of like, who are these folks? I mean... uh I, I would also I would also say uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy got a real boost from their movie. Oh, for sure. Well, they definitely I like, and I'll argue this till I'm blue in the fla- the face. But Annihilation, that's where it came through. Like when that story arc happened, and I'll admit, and I remember pulling that those comics from shipment and putting them in other people's boxes. They were beautiful covers, and I was like, ah, eh, who cares? It's Marvel space. Marvel space is worthless. And I will punch myself in the face because I missed out on an incredible story, incredible art, incredible everything. Even the trades are at ridiculous values. Like, seriously, like I think Annihilation Volume 2 or 3, that's like in the hundreds of dollars. Yeah, but like that, that story that, did amazing. So that's it, what led to the movie. Was that the team that we know from the movie? Yep. Really? Yeah, that's, you, you had those five other. I mean, you had more. You know, we had Adam Warlock, we had uh, Moon Dragon, and some other characters. But essentially those five, because they had the less convoluted origins. Like, how the hell do you explain Adam Warlock to your casual moviegoer, you know? Yeah, you plant seeds like they kind of did at Guardians 2. But yeah, those were the characters where it's like, hey, you know what? Rocket Raccoon's cool enough. We can just say he was built. Move on. (laughs) So I guess the next part of my question is, do you think that uh, Marvel going in, or MCU going into phase four, we know that they're going to be making an, uh, an Eternals movie. Do you think the Eternals comic book is going to get the boost that the other books have gotten? It helps to get the back issues going, so you'll see a lot of trades and collections. You will see an Eternals book come out before it, but 
the story you read in the book versus the history that you've known, those might not sync up. So, yeah, you'll definitely see something. I, I can I can hear rumblings. I think uh, I think I've heard rumors. Maybe I, and this is how it depends on. But like Jonathan Hickman, like we know it's X Men now, um, but. Part of the thought was, well, if he's, you know, when he's writing this one page ad that talks about a dominant species, it kind of looked like, hey, what if it's the Eternals, Eternals versus humans? So, yeah, no, I think probably within the next, as the con season starts picking up, I wouldn't be surprised at San Diego. We hear something about, hey, a brand new Eternals book. Here you go. Boom. You know? Yeah. And I think that'll definitely do that. And at the same time, I don't think it'll ever be as popular as strong as it, what it did for Iron Man and these other ones because I can see a huge turnover of people that once Endgame is over a lot of people are going to automatically be like well it's not the same because it didn't have these four Avengers that I really like mm-hmm. so I feel like we're about to hit that saturation level where we're going to have a lot of people are going to jump off because it's going to be cool to jump off right. in the next couple of years. Yeah, no, that's actually a good point because it's, it's kind of like we see that in comics, you know, like Green Lantern, for example. Jeff Johns was on it. Man, you couldn't pry your fingers off that book. But once he left, I know a lot of people considered, well, maybe maybe it's time I dropped the book. You know, I, Robert I, Vendetti. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, it's okay. Go ahead. No, but uh, like Robert Vendetti at the time, he's a relatively new guy. We don't know what he's going to offer us. I stayed on because of the loyalty of the character. I'm a huge Hal Jordan fan. But I'll admit there were times where I considered jumping off that book. I just, I just think, I think with the the movie side, um, I think they've done a good job of getting us to care about extra characters now. That pe- there are gonna, you're definitely gonna get some of those people that be like, oh well, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans aren't there anymore, so I'm not gonna watch any, I'm not gonna watch any more MCU movies. But I think you still got, you still got the Guardians, you still have Black Panther, you have now Captain Marvel and, and Spider-Man like those those characters all those movies have done really well so oh yeah no they're building new legacies for sure and I think people are definitely going to want to be like when are they going to bring the X-Men in like yeah, now, now they can do that it's going to be a saving grace there has been the rumor that there isn't an actual eternal movie being made that it's that was just code for X-Men and they you know uh, Marvel couldn't say or Disney couldn't say X-Men because it'd be against antitrust laws that would be the smart bet yeah, because <laughs> I mean, you know, Rava and I, we know this. We saw what happens. Like, hey, Inhumans, let's do this. No, Inhumans are great when you have them guest star in a Fantastic Four movie or a cartoon show or something. They're not great when they try to helm their own portion of the universe. And I know that's a huge bias, you know. But I mean, that's a, they're a tough sell. You know, they are very much a tough sell. You know, some of the greatest Inhuman stories are Avengers stories, like the Infinity crossover that just happened. You know, that wasn't based off the Inhumans book, you know. So. And the good thing about X-Men is that's always the group of characters that always get shit on. <laughs> so, like, no matter, like, in-universe, they're the ones that are always being rejected. They're the ones being persecuted. And a lot of people can relate to that. And I so I think that's always going to create for powerful character growth, emotional pieces, and then pairing that off. It adds a new dimension, right? The Avengers are there to help everyone. Well, or, or were they? How are they going to handle this one? The mutant things starts happening, right? Yeah. Because what I'm assuming is going to happen is if they do, I mean, of course they're going to introduce mutants at some point, but if at Endgame, if it ends up with, this is when we first hear about mutants or mutants have always been around, but it was like the best kept secret that's ever existed. I don't know. Yeah. It really depends on like, how are they going to interact until we eventually get the Avengers versus X-Men movie. Because Cyclops was right. <laughs> yeah. No, that'll be interesting, so. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely, I think you're right. You got a good point that Marvel has done a good job of, of getting us to care about characters that we normally didn't. I mean, 
how awesome is it? Falcon. They got a great actor playing a great character. You know, Black Panther. He's got a great movie series there. That's not going to end anytime soon. Um, I can see Avengers kind of being like, okay, I think we've milked that cow as much as we can. So, yeah, now's a good time. Fantastic Four, X-Men, some other properties, and then build around that, you know. But uh, All right. Yeah, so, Back to the spin, Rex. Yeah, Sorry, so, I derailed you. <laughs> so, uh, looking at some stuff. Uh, today, this was a great comic. I made sure this is the first one I read today. Daredevil issue three. Dude, I cannot say enough great stuff about this story. It's fantastic. Today, Chip Zardaski really put Matt in a horrible place. Um, luckily, there was a special guest star who came along and helped out. Uh, Frank Castle fans, pick this issue up. Deadpool Minibus <laughs> Volume 3 is out there, so if you want to collect all the Deadpool, that's the way to do it. Doctor Strange has Issue 12, Fantastic Four Issue 8. Hulk Vereens. Now, this is the Hulk Wolverine Weapon Edge team-up book you didn't know you need, so that's on Part 2 of 3. Incredible, or actually, I'm sorry, Immortal Hulk Issue 1 got a fourth printing, and there's going to be a new phenomenon because DC Comics started it. Final printing. So I'm ah. going to be curious to see if, if Marvel will follow suit and be like, ah, we're not going to call it anything else but final printing. So anyways, but um, it's okay because Marvel's got their own thing. They call them Face Smile Editions. Incredible Hulk issue 181 is out there. So if you want to relive the joy, the magic of holding Wolverine's first appearance in your hands, there you go. The ads are exactly the same. Invaders. <laughs> uh, Invaders will be celebrating its third issue. And again, I know we talked about this last time, about two weeks ago, as a matter of fact. Uh, Namer. Things are boiling because that's what happens with water when it gets hot. So there's going to be some crazy stuff going on there. Namer uh, kind of came off as a dick in this issue. Plus, Marvel did a favor to all comic book shops. They doubled their orders on Daredevil and Invaders issues three. So, I mean, Chip Sardaski is a pretty cool dude. I don't know if he's that cool. But there's a reason why those two books got doubled. So it looks like something big is going to be coming. Marvel Comics Presents uh, Issue 3 is out there. That'll continue some time-lost stories of Wolverine and Marvel's celebration of their 80th year. Um, Marvel Knights Fantastic Four is out there. And this one's by the Aguirre Sacasta Collection. Uh, this was kind of a fun run. It had some beautiful art. And it, it, to me, if I remember my stories correctly, this is the one that kind of put them in a human situation because they actually, yeah, this is right. They go camping. So that's kind of cool. Like you get to actually see the Fantastic Four family in action here. So this is a fun little story that puts them in a grounded sense, but you know, only as grounded as the Fantastic Four can get. Marvel Rising Part 1 of 5 is out there. Now I know there's a big cartoon going on with this and this is really good if we're looking at all-inclusive business. So here's a Tagalon comic book to go with it if you want more outside your comic or outside your cartoon show. Mo Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur Issue 41. Mr. and Mrs. X issue nine uh miss marvel will be collecting her volume 10 time and time again so if you are just absolutely in love with the movie there's more miss marvel out there in her collect editions secret avengers will be completely collected but now this is the rick remender run so this was after uh ed brudebaker left the book so this was some kind of interesting stories um, this one's kind of an interesting one. If you want to learn about the origins of Nick Fury, we're going to go back to when he was Sergeant Fury. So this will be the Sergeant Fury Epic Collection Volume 1, The Howling Commandos. So if you want to see some ragtag World War II guys going nuts, that's the way to do it. Spider-Man Deadpool hits issue 48, and that's leading to the big 50th anniversary where we're into the future. Spider-Man Far From Home gets its prelude issues. So if you like Spider-Man, oh my God, what was the first one called? Homecoming. Uh, this will be the 
comic book version of that story. Spider-Man New Lives, New Ways to Live gets recollected as a trade. There's a lot of Star Wars books. Superior Spider-Man issue four is out there. That's right. Doc Ock fans, he's still out there doing his cool stuff. Thanos Wars, the Infinity Origin Omnibus. So if you happen to have the Infinity Gauntlet Omnibus and you want to collect the whole epic that was Thanos, this would be the part one book. This will have its first appearance all the way up to his first death. Um, it's a great read. If you don't want to spend the $100 for the Omnibus hardcover, there's a fantastic trade out there, and I highly recommend it. Luckily, I don't know if you guys remember Hastings RIP, um, but yeah, I managed to get that trade. It was normally like... 40, 50 bucks. I got it for half off. So I was like, okay, I can live with this. That's living the dream right there. Oh, it is, dude. And that is such, like, granted, it's dated, but the art's good and the story isn't half bad. So it's worth a read. Um, it, War of the Realms will be getting their own magazine. So if you want to learn more about what's going on with this, that's the book to pick up. And then jumping to the last book that I highly recommend X Force issue five. If you want to learn about Kid Cable, AKA Wi Fi, AKA Cable, who's young or whatever you want to call him. This plants the issues of his new secret origin. And there's some great Scott Jean moments in there, so I highly recommend it just for that. But if you do pick this up, make sure you pick up the next issue because it's to be continued. So I ordered issue five. I didn't order issue six. Son of a bitch. But anyways, that's what's out there on your spinner racks. Uh, awesome. It sounds good. Uh, hopefully everybody picks up some, some comics, new comics today. Um uh, before we move on, I want to talk about the fact that we were at Mission Viejo Library Comic Con this past weekend, and we had a, a great time. We had a booth, and we had a panel. So if you were lucky enough to, to show up and, and uh, see us talk about comic books and, uh, and basically anything that you want to geek out about, um, we were there. We had a great time. Uh, Chris got to interview a comic book legend. Yes, I, I, guess, I don't know. You can't, you can't say legend because legends are people that have died, right? So, living legend? Yeah, yeah. I can go with that. Barbara, icon. fantastic person, an icon. I like that icon. Like there that. you go, Barbara Kessel. Yes. Now, uh, you can hear his interview in full uh, next week. We will have it out. Uh, keep keep watch on our social medias and or wherever your podcasts come from. But would you like to give us a little bit of a tease of what you talked about? So basically, I got Barbara to tell us about her secret origin, and I remember Barbara in the nineties. Um, you know, her and her ex-husband putting out comics. Um, her ex-husband is actually why they created the Kestrel over in Hawk and Dove. And wow. He's that, that cool-looking villain guy. Yep. But uh, this episode's all about her, and it was really cool because I didn't know this, but, well, I'm going to spoil my own upcoming episode, but she's a fan. Yeah. She's like, like she told me straight her, up. Yeah. yeah, like she, like, actually, this is crazy. Like, she was basically going to get, like, mugged or molested and she went into a comic shop of all places and was like, can I just hang out here or something? And they're like, wow. sure, yeah. And she wound up just picking up a comic and, and started flipping through it and, and got into the hobby. And, you know, she was a very proactive person. She was like, wait a second. Every time they do female characters, they're the ones that are, like, tied to the train tracks. And it's all, you know, BS. And she, like, wrote in and she's like, no, man. No. So you is know? she responsible for creating the or co at least co-creating the female dove? I would say she probably had a little bit of input okay. because, you know, and this was kind of the cool thing. And it's like, man, it makes me think like, can you imagine how cool it is if you have a comic book artist friend in your life and like you look through their sketchbook and you're like, oh, my God. So like, yeah, she was telling me that, you know, she'd look through some of the, the sketchbooks of her friends and they'd have all these cool drawings and there'd just be a little bit of banter. And, and sure enough, she saw a copy of Dove 
And it was like, oh, and, and, you know, there was an act of pursuement, like, hey, let's do this, you know. One thing that I did find interesting with her career, and uh, she's very, very honest, which was fantastic. She gave me a lot of insights. Um, so some of the stuff she would work on, like, and it's it's interesting to hear that because you'll hear a lot of times where, you know, like, oh, I'm working on this character and we got these long plans. And then the company is like, no, we're going to do something else. So, like, she wrote that Batgirl special, which is one of, like, the, it's basically AKA the last Batgirl comic. So they came to her and it's like, yeah, I'm going to put this out there. No, here's the directive. You're going to make Batgirl stop being Batgirl. <laughs> and it's like, okay. So she re- effectively retired Batgirl. And then the next time we see Batgirl, it took it a, a, a stage further with right. the whole you killing, know, joke, killing and- joke. So, yeah, so it's just great. It's going to be a nice, um, uh, I got a great word for it. So imagine I said a great word for it. But basically a great timeline of her life and history in comic books. You know, so awesome. where she's at and she's working on some cool stuff. She can't reveal too much, which is fine. Uh, but hopefully if that project comes to fruition, it sounds like it's going to be a really cool thing, like a great new way to use comic books in the workplace. That's very cool. So uh, I myself got to talk to a, a uh, software engineer who decided he wanted to start illustrating his life, his his and his family life in a web comic. So uh, look for that one. Rafa got to talk to the Playwell Technologies uh, group who go around the, the country um, teaching kids how about engineering and architecture and stuff like that. And it's amazing because we got to play with Legos and really talk about the passion there is in manipulating something with your hands. Us growing up as kids, you know, we, we use our five senses to explore the universe. And, you know, when we see that comic book, we, we, we smell the papers, we take a look at it. That's why I'm hoping that print media never dies because <laughs> we get to have that, that innate feeling. And so that's kind of some of the things we talked about on how, you know, we want to make that difference in these children's lives because the children are the future. And, you know, we were children once and we want to be able to create something beautiful. And, you know, I spoke with, with these, this amazing individual, Kelsey, and I just love speaking with her because she had so much energy. And that's the big thing because, you know, when we're talking about Geek Elite. Yeah. We're all about geeking out, being passionate, kind of what me and Chris talked about in our panel and how you use that passion to develop something. You know, three good friends talking comic books on a Wednesday night <laughs> after <laughs> hard work. You know, it's, that's, that's the passion behind it. And then uh, Stephen, uh, another member of Geek Elite, uh, was was able to interview two members of, uh, well, they work for Disney, but I believe they were there talking about their own projects. So right. uh, that that's awesome, too. Uh, definitely keep your eyes open or ears open for uh, either or, because you can find it on our Facebook page yes, exactly. uh, uh, for those podcast interviews. Um, but... What else did you see? Like we saw cosplays. We got to so um, there were a lot of different things that we were trying to focus on, and you know, besides having our own little area where we could engage with people, you know, I went around and I took pictures of people in cosplay. A lot of anime, uh, a lot of parents and kids together in like group yes. cosplays with like, you know, the standard Superman, Wonder Woman. There were a couple of little Captain Marvels. Mm. I was expecting maybe a couple of more, but we had a couple there. Uh, My Hero Academia is very popular manga right now. Very popular. So there were a lot of those characters out. Um, Always with the Star Wars, we had a couple of uh, troopers. We had stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah, we had Darth Vader 
And um, you can check all of those on our on our page as well as the Instagram. I know you've been posting some of those, Mitch. Mm-hmm. And um, on the YouTube, you guys can check out actual live footage of us engaging with these people and showcasing what it looked like. Because, you know, when you talk about cons, you go and sometimes a lot of them can seem the same, but it's about the energy and the passion that you showcase. And so maybe for those of you watching those videos and you don't know what to expect from going to a con, check out some of these videos that we've posted that way so that you can kind of get a semblance of what to look for and what the atmosphere is like and know that a lot of times it's outside it might get a little bit hot so just yeah be prepared for that cosplay appropriately yeah (laughs) yeah no and and echoing that i mean it's it's true you don't know what to expect at cons but i tell you what the thing i always walk away from is the networking god it's so cool to talk to people and and hear their stories share their stories be involved and it's just fun um because i want to give you a shout out i know last year when you interviewed um the one young lady when she was working on her her uh, project for the Girl Scouts. Mm, yes. And that was cool. She said she actually used our social media as part of her application process. And it was like, that's awesome. Like, yeah, freaking wow. The like, mom came during the panel. Yeah, there's fruits of our labor right there. That's cool Like to be that's a part it of this. It's paying yeah. it forward, you know. And, I mean, a big reason this exists, too. I mean, not to, to get too much on the, on the Mitch Love train, but, <laughs> you know, you keep us sheltered. You keep us glued together. You know, a big reason that we're able to do a lot of these things is, I would argue, because of you. And, you know, just your beautiful smile. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate and that. And you give me a platform to speak. That's, that's the best part. <laughs> and, and you know what? Everybody should hear you and what you have to say. Thank so you. It's beautiful stuff. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I did want to say, I also wanted to give a shout out because as you spoke about uh, networking, we uh, got to talk to, uh, well, maybe more me because I think you guys might have been in your panel at the time, but I get to talk to um, another podcast that was local to that area called The Story Geeks. They do a very similar podcast to what we do here uh, talking about comic books. Nice. Not, uh, not similar in the way that we do our imaginative stories, uh, but uh, more talking about comic books and stuff like that. Nice. Hey, that's well, awesome. It's, it's people sharing the love of comics. It's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, this weekend, well, not this, was it this weekend or was it yesterday? But, you know, getting that celebrity endorsement <laughs> from Robert Downey Jr., him saying, Imagine if, that's huge. Ah, I mean, you know, you know yeah. yeah. It's, it's so huge. You, you just spread throw the it love out there. of comics, man. It's right. good so, stuff. I mean, I have, I'm not going to say that I haven't copyrighted Imagine <laughs> If and Geek Out. So <laughs> every time someone says it, I just get, we, we get 10 cents. Yeah, that's where it's at. Right? The best yeah. dime in life. And we give it back to the fans. By, that's right. You, know, you guys, you know, we're funding ourselves to come and speak to you in your living rooms or your bathrooms, wherever you're at right now. Wherever you're listening, listening to this podcast. Wherever you're podcasting. Working out. That's what it is. There it is, yeah. Working out, getting that, that strength, getting this, all that. Getting that swole Getting on. swole, that's the word. <laughs> right. That sounds like an animal's name. Hey, has anybody seen Swole? Swole. <laughs> I like that. Uh, all right. So this week, since it is the last week of our Green Lantern month, we were gonna we we, we talked last week about uh, rebirth up to um, modern Green Lantern. Rebirth to rebirth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rebirth to rebirth. Yeah. yeah. Um, I believe we had already done Green Lantern rebirth as a challenge at one point. So I think so. I said. What did what would essentially it's not so much of a traditional challenge as what we usually do, but who in the Marvel universe would get each color ring? 
We yep. so just like Blackest Night. Yeah, so the, kind of the emotional spectrum manages to punch through whatever the source wall that finds its way all the way up over to uh, the Marvel Universe. So Roy G. Biv, Black and White, have stormed into the Marvel Universe. Who do we give the rings to? Now, yes, uh, Biggie, backing off what Mitch was saying, when they did the whole Blackest Night thing, the 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 prelude to that, we had seen stories, you know, the Rage of the Red Lanterns, Agent Orange, the Sinestro Core War, uh, you know, all these stories showing us these brand new um, powers. So we were aware that Black would be represented the emotion of death or just the absence of emotion red for rage orange for avarice yellow fear green will blue hope indigo compassion violet love and white would give us life and so one of the that was best the end of the moments, story yeah well well that yeah so that was the big punch off to uh blackest night issue seven so but i think it was issue four that was the big moment where we see the the, the new guardians or whatever they would call themselves but the respective figurehead of each color core all of a sudden their rings were glowing and then bam it would birth another ring and those little rings went out to all these different earthlings and so we got mara the wife of aquaman she got a red rage lantern ring because at the time she was mad that arthur curry's dead and he's being reanimated as yep. a black lantern lex luthor well, wait 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 oh okay would you say that that was valid now would you say mara should would have deserved did she have great rage in her heart i think they did a good job of building a story to make it okay i i think so but like, prior yeah, to that prior to that no she wouldn't have been no. my pick but i mean it's great character exposure and because, like, honestly, like, if you think about her journey in Blackest Night, you know, it's like, okay, Arthur is just dead. Nobody cares. And, you know, they're going up to the lighthouse, you know, where he grew up, and it's it's her and it's Aqualad, and they're just, you know, there to kind of, like, have a moment for Aquaman. And then, bam, here comes this animated zombie version. He kills Garth right in front of her. They're tracking her down and going after her, and it's like, yeah, that, that would make her angry i don't think she should have been the red pick but i like that they at least set up a story that could justify it true that and then i think they're also trying to make her a bigger deal because that was gonna lead into brightest day right yeah yeah because they had she had her whole thing with arthur as he came back mm -hmm. yeah so yeah no they definitely they knew going in there they had an agenda to say like hey we want to do something with aqua folks mara's going to be a big part of it and they did it again who did orange go to so the Avarice Lantern went to the only person it could, Lex Luthor, that greedy troll of a human being. Yes, uh, yes. He managed to use his ring to do what he does best, Create a make his battle suits. <laughs> battle suit, <yeah. laughs> so we got a big yellow version of him. Um, Fear Lanterns, it finally went to the person we wanted to see, the Scarecrow. <laughs> uh, it was cool because I liked the twist that he could use the ring to finally scare himself because he'd been so inoculated and used to his own. Did he, did it, didn't it? did it try to go to Batman first? Well, it did. So in the storylines, like right around the time of the Sinestro Core War, the ring was going out to recruit somebody, and it did go to Batman, and it got on Batman, and we got to see Batman in his, not the black and yellow, but the, the jester-looking Sinestro costume. Right. And he's like, get the fuck off me! And then it went, it actually went to Scarecrow. That's right. It, it, it hit him up in Arkham Asylum, but it yeah. was like, fuck this noise, because Amin Sir had just killed, or Amon Sur had just done something, and so it picked him, because Amon Sur was the son of Aben Sur. I thought, I, th I thought Batman stopped it. No, Did he, he, not, didn't, he didn't. had it. He stopped it from, like, possessing him. I thought he went, like, oh, I know where it's going next, and he, like, put put it in a box or something like that. Did that not happen? There, Am I imagining that? There's something along the way, because he did, something like, in Forever Evil. Something like that Forever did Evil. happen. In yeah. Forever Evil, he got yeah, the green he has it. Yeah, and that's what brought Sinestro back. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, there might have been something that led to that. 
then again, you have dreams. I so do. Not, <laughs> I do. Um, let's see. So Hal Jordan obviously is recognized as the Green Lantern, the Earth Green Lantern, but a ring did go to Aunt Ganthet, so that, that he was a pick. Flash, we finally got Blueberry, which was fun to see. Because <laughs> Barry Allen's all about hope before he became the character he is. But back in the day, he was the patron saint of hope, so it was great to see him be the Blue Lantern. Uh, the Compassion Lanterns, the well, Indigos. Ray, right? One more time. Ray? Yeah, yeah. Ray, Ray Palmer, Palmer, the Atom. But now, what was interesting, we didn't know anything about the Compassion say, Lanterns. Yeah. yeah, we didn't yeah. know... You know, because later on in the books, in all the we had was like just the tribe look that they had, and that's why he has that look that he has. Yeah, exactly. And they picked it obviously because the sword of the atom when he went into the African jungles and was like, "I'm a hero," you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we didn't know at the time that the indigos were basically reformed criminals, because knowing that, it probably would have been better if it was Gene Lorning mm. who got the ring. But you know. It is what it is. Uh, the Love Lanterns Violet, the Star Sapphires, that went to Wonder Woman because she has great love Which makes for the Earth. I don't think so. I thought <laughs> so. I mean, they're trying to convey Wonder Woman as like she loves everybody. So I think that aspect works. But at the same time, I, I don't think love consumes her. Yeah. So that yeah. part, I'm like, and I think also they just want to draw her in a very, very scantily drawn <laughs> I mean, they already right. do, but, yeah. but more yeah. so though. Yeah, yeah, more so. <laughs> well, what was interesting though, and it kind of did the same thing. Um, I think again, they wanted to make a bigger push for Wonder Woman, put her really out there, um, because at the moment before she got her Violet Ring, she was a Black Lantern. She was possessed. Right. So the Love Lantern helped her to break through and escape that. Um, and they actually continued that because most recently, I want to say in Wonder Woman Annual Two of the current series, they had the Star Sapphires come back. So that history is still there between the Amazonians mm -hmm. and the Star Sapphirians, I think is a good word. Okay. And then the White Lantern was ever mysterious, but Boston Brand was the only one who had an actual physical ring. Uh, he was one of the 12 that were resurrected by the bright light, and he had the ring, and it told him what to do, and it essentially said, you will be the White Lantern till we choose Swamp Thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so pick, take your pick. So I always so consider... Also, uh, I mean, everybody got a Black Lantern ring that was uh, dead at yeah, one every point, dead but character. their person was Black Hand. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I felt like the 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 Earth the Earthling who was you know like the the, the Deputy Lanterns. That's the word. Oh, okay. So these were the Deputy Lanterns. So I'd say the Deputy Lanterns for Black and White. I would give it to Black Hand. Because he's the one who, even though he would create rings and do a lot of stuff, he still answered to Necron, yeah. who would have been the entity for right. death. And then I would say Dead Man would be the deputy lantern for the White Lanterns because he was the one doing the bidding of the White Lantern ring. Right. So that's that's my throwout there. Now, either one of you, other than what we already discussed with Mara, is there any uh, lantern deputy lanterns that you would disagree with? The choices I say I disagree with the the love and Wonder Woman. I feel like Wonder Woman. If you're gonna give one to her. She should have gotten compassion because to me, yeah. she is she's like Superman in that she has all the power, but she also has the teachings and the warrior way. So she has to have compassion to not kill everybody in her her path. That's true. That, to that's, me. that's a good point. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Well, and I find it interesting because. The, the the indigo lanterns make their first real appearance in the tales of the blackest tales of the black tales of the blackest night i think it was called it was a three issue miniseries okay. and that's the first time we actually see an indigo lantern do something so we see an indigo lantern watch a green lantern and a sinestro core fight with each other and the green lantern is mortally wounded so the indigo tribesman comes up and and kills the green lantern puts him out of their misery 
Compassion. And then, you know, goes up to the Sinestro Corps and kind of lets them escape, if I remember correctly. Because, again, it's going to be like, well, you, you have to carry this weight, so you should go on and live your life as best you can. And showing compassion, because a lot of times we think compassion can be like, oh, it's that, that hug and all those things. But compassion also is stealing yourself to sometimes do the hard truths right. that we don't want to recognize. So, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I think Wonder Woman should have been that as opposed to the Atom himself, because who I did? get it. It was the look. But, <laughs> I mean, he's the guy who, when he found out Gene had done all those horrible things, he just shrank down and ran away from it all. And then, I mean... I know at the time they probably weren't doing male star sapphires. So if you wanted to just switch the two, put Adam the Adam as the the love. Uh, that could lantern, have been something. Yeah. I think that. Could be, I mean, because he still he even talks about how he still loved Jean after he found out she killed him. She killed uh, Sue. Yeah, and something I like. I, I saw this as a little. Uh, so it's funny because you have the big seven, right? So Superman, Batman, Flash, Green Lantern, Martian Lantern, Aquaman, and Wonder Woman. The big seven are the original JLA, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and these deputy lanterns basically represent that because you've got Mara for Aquaman, mm-hmm. Lex Luthor for Superman, Scarecrow for Batman, Hal Jordan obviously is Green Lantern, Flash himself represented, Wonder Woman herself represented, and the Atom basically would tie off onto that extra leaguer Martian Manhunter. Right. So I thought that was kind of cool. It's Adam, like, oh, the Atom too at one point was a uh, was a chairman, right? Of the, oh yeah, of, the of course. League, so. Yeah. I mean, that's how I always see Martian Manhunter. He's the chairman. He's the heart of the, the Justice League. He, oh, yeah. you, you really can't. I mean, they've tried to do the Justice League without Martian Manhunter. And for me, it, it never works. Work, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, were there any other uh, Deputy Lanterns that you just did not agree with? Like, I, I, I agree with Fear, obviously. I mean, the Scarecrow. How, how can you not? I liked I liked that. I also would have really enjoyed if it had stayed with Batman. Yeah. Just seeing Batman. Because they always tease Batman getting a yellow lantern yeah. ring. It's happened at least two to three times already. They made an action figure. They made an action figure. So seeing a Batman that utilizes fear, because that's what he's trying to do, right? Scare his villains. Yeah. I think that would make the most sense. I would have liked that. complete sense. But I mean, it also gave them a chance to use a Batman villain that isn't the Joker or the Riddler. So yeah. That's, that's also pretty cool. Yeah, that is a good point. I never really liked Lex Luthor as Avarice. Personally, I, I don't know what else. Who else would have been a good would choice? Who else would you go? Yeah, yeah, that's hard. I mean, I the only other person I would say is maybe if you and you still want to stick in the Superman uh, family, Parasite, because he sucks people's that's powers. That's exactly where I was gonna go. That's a good part. Yeah, that's, that's exactly point. where I was gonna go. The gonna only change too, I would probably make is I like Blueberry, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I think a better person that would embody hope would be Superman. Yeah. So Blue Lantern Superman would make the most sense. Yeah. But I feel, I feel like they just wanted to take Superman out of the equation. But no, you're absolutely right. Like, but and the other thing is Batman. I mean, haven't we seen like Batman kind of can do all the different colors of the rings? Like, obviously he has the rage. Yeah. And I would say the way that he he cordons off Gotham as his city that's <laughs> avarice. Nice. I mean, he does the fear. He has the willpower. How else does a normal man do all that Batman does? And he's hopeful that someday he, yeah, he'll fix the city. That's the only one that I feel is like a stretch. I mean, he's a stretch. <laughs> I mean, all the women that's come through his life, he, he has love. He has, he's capable of great love. His robins represent hope. <laughs> it, maybe. And the, the compassion. The, it, it, Wayne, the Wayne Foundation reforms criminals. That's true. Yeah, well, he showed it with Raj Al Ghul and, and, and Ra's Al Ghul in uh, Batman Begins. I, mean, I don't have to save you. Batman has yeah, enough, oh, okay. enough of a rogues gallery, so his rogues could fill in all those. Oh, you're absolutely right. There's a there's a great drawing. I'll have to find it and send it to you guys. Somebody actually did that. 
Really? And I think that's the one, if I remember correctly, I think Harvey Dent has both the Red and Hope Lanterns at the same time. But yeah, they did. They played with all of it. Like I think actually maybe, yeah, because I think Poison Ivy was Compassion. Um, but yeah, somebody did that, an, an, a drawing that renders all the Batman villains as the emotional spectrum. That's cool. Lanterns. Yeah. I think I remember at, the, at that time too, because uh, Jeff Johns was more active on Twitter at the time because he wasn't doing everything. <laughs> um, he had gotten somebody because he had put it out there. That, oh, the cereal? The cereal, yeah. The yes. cereal characters with all the, the, the lantern rings, and that happened too. I think I think Frankenberry got a red ring. Quisp, I think, was the black lantern. Was that what it was? That? Yeah. Uh, okay, so then going on to our rosters, I'll go ahead and do mine first since it was my challenge. Uh, and I already know that at least one overlaps with uh, Chris. Shh, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so I, we're going to say that uh, the Marvel universe is in great peril and Uatu reaches out to his brother across dimensions Ganthet and says hey that's right I'm making watchers and and, and guard and uh yeah guardians right yeah Owens, yeah. yeah the guardians the guardians uh brothers um he says hey we need help and he sends he's uh, here here are these what here are the nine, nine rings. rings yeah the nine <laughs> rings that will help you help you defeat whatever the big baddie that's coming so if we just go in the Roy G. Biv order, red. Red of rage. I'm going to go with Gamora. Ooh. I mean. I like that one. The, 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 the greatest assassin in all the, 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 um, the deadliest galaxy. woman in the universe. Yeah, there yeah. you go. The deadliest woman in the universe. Her, her, her parents are killed. Her whole race is killed. She has to be raised by the man who did it. I mean, why wouldn't she have great rage, right? Makes sense. Orange. I kind of hinted at it when I said uh, I said um, parasite. parasite. We're gonna go with rogue. Oh, that was another thing. I tried to I tried to do it for myself not to give it to any anybody that wasn't like a, a humanoid uh, regular kind of person because I didn't. I mean, you could easily give uh, Mephisto like the orange ring. Yeah, let him go bananas or the. Uh, Galactus, the white ring, or something like that, you know, or black ring, depending on which one you go with. That's a good point. But then I also yeah. had I had a couple of villains on my list, and I was like, you know, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, narrow it down more to just heroes. Okay. So uh, then we went. So yeah, orange went with rogue. Um, yellow went over to the Punisher Frank Castle because who doesn't fear for the Punisher coming after them, right? I do like that. He's 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 Baba Yaga. He's John Wick <laughs> before John Wick was Wick was the thing. Um, green. I mean, I know this is cliche, but the man without fear, Daredevil, Matt nice. Murdock, right? Yes. Okay. The yep. Daredevil of Hell's Kitchen. Yep. The Guardian Devil of Hell's Kitchen. That makes sense. I mean, could you imagine Hal and and, and Matt talking? What would what? I mean, how, how does a lawyer and a pilot have a discussion? They don't. They jump off a building and they wait to see who's gonna like wig out first, you know. Yep. And then so. also, uh, what would a blind man's constructs look like? I know that Daredevil's not a traditional blind man, but what what would that look like? I think honestly, just the way Matt Murdock is, and because of like his ability with his radar sense, I think his constructs would be close to like how John Stewart sees them. Like I think they would actually be really intricate. Ooh. That's my thought. I, that's that's what I'm thinking. I see. I, I went the opposite way. I felt like it'd be more, uh, uh, 
waves and and entities like kind of thing like it just, you'd see uh instead of a punching bag you would see uh, a sonic wave Ooh, I did kind of that. thing uh okay so then blue i mean i had to go to steve rogers captain america right i mean hope how does he not i mean even in the ultimate universe he's the one that he, he becomes president they write in his name to become president, like Captain America's name, not Steve Rogers. That's how much hope he presents. Uh, Indigo, I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this because I know that you have a, a closer relationship to this character, but I feel like Charles Xavier is the Indigo Lantern. I actually like that because he is a bastard, right? Like he, like it's funny because a lot of times people will be like, "Man, why they got to make Professor X be such a dick, dude?" Before the X-Men became a crappy reprint comic, <laughs> Xavier faked his death, yep. hid in the basement, worked on some kind of alien cure, and then came out and was like, all right, you stupid kids, get out of the way. I'm going to save the universe. And it's like he's always been that way. He's always he's such a manipulative bastard. He plays with our emotions because he thinks he's doing the right thing when it hurts. It, right. That's compassion. That's to compassion. A there you go. Gold star to Mitch. <laughs> uh, my Violet. My Violet. Great love. Storm. Aurora Monroe. Okay. I was thinking that way too. I yeah? Like that. yeah. 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 I, I. I. really. I really dug that because I like of everybody on the on the X Men team. I really feel like she's the the den mother is the best way to put it. Like she's there for everybody, and she's there to show everybody the the correct way to be a mutant. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. just me. I can see that. Um. So now we get into the two the two big ones, right? <coughs> the black yes. and the white. The yin and the yang. The black. The death. The Phoenix, Jean Grey. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, who's been dead longer and come back to life? Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Fair enough. Point. No, I dig that. That that That's a power force. I, I thought about going that route with her as well. I mean, so I, like I, mean I feel like a, a lantern ring is a step down from the Phoenix force, <laughs> but maybe the power is stackable. That's, that's well, cool, okay, right? She gets to be kind of like, like, I mean, Black Hand was more than just being a lantern that's bearer, true. so yeah, I, that, yeah. it does fit. There is merit for it. And then my white. <laughs> so the one that's capable of great life, <laughs> Wolverine James Logan Hallett. Ah. He's come back to life so many times. Who who doesn't know more about life? Who doesn't appreciate life more than the Deadpool. one that can't die <laughs> or has died and, and and come back to life? I think. I don't know. I thought. I think that's. I think that's a really cool entity or uh, ring bear because he he of all people I think would not want it. Like he's gonna be like this is not no this this doesn't make any sense to me. I got my my claws and all that stuff. Like it's not gonna work out well for him. I like it because if you look at the white lantern symbol with the, the triangle, oh with my the, goodness, the, the, the shards coming out with the arc, those will just be his claws. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I didn't even think about that. That's good. I dig that. I dig that. Uh, okay, how about we go to Rafa? Do you have your Do you have your list? I do. So, listening to you talk, a lot of them made a lot of good sense. And so some of them, I don't think too many of them crossed over, but I, I can see where you're going with a lot of them. First and foremost, uh, my my blue hope lantern would be Spider Man. Oh, nice. I think nice. Peter Parker ultimately embodies, though, the thing that most people like about him is he's someone who doesn't give up. He's always doing that quirkiness, always trying to t- 
to talk about these things and that. And when it really gets down to it, he's one of those characters that does embody a symbol of hope. And more so than a lot of others, I think you made a really good point with Captain America. Mm-hmm. But the only difference for me is I'd put Captain America under the Green Will ring. See? Nice. See, and I was thinking uh, Spider-Man for the Green Will because uh, to me, he's just like Kyle in that he knows fear. Right. But he's rejected it just like that Ooh. in that way kind of thing. Like he works through it more. Like whereas Hal or Daredevil or the man without fear, like they've just said, no, fear doesn't 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 affect me. Shit kind doesn't of thing. exist. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. These those two characters, Kyle and, and, and Peter, are just like, no, no, fear is a real thing, but I work above it. Right. And that's the way I look at it with hope. It's, you know, Spider-Man is oh, one, no, of those, you're absolutely right with hope one of those characters that just... More so than a lot of other characters, even arguably more so sometimes than the mutants. I mean, he is Marvel's, you know, number one person who gets shit, mm-hmm. you know, from the event with One More Day and then other things, you know, from losing Aunt May that leads to that and then other areas of his life, you know, Civil War. Everything, of course, you know, being recreated. I just keep going back to One More Day because that's such a I mean, terrible think, situation for him. Think of the Superior Spider-Man storyline. Like, oh. you get taken out of your body and you're one of your greatest villains takes over your body and then he lives your life better than you ever have. Like, that fucking sucks. That would make you think, you know, you should call it quits. Yeah. But he came back. He comes back. And that's the thing. It's He's always been hopeful. Even at the end, like during the event of um, when he gets actual spider powers in the other, mm-hmm. like when he gets diagnosed with, uh, I believe it's cancer or something, it's something like he's going to yeah. die. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's he's still hopeful for, you know, a better future and he's, he's, he makes peace with a lot of things. That's why I like Peter because there's a lot of times he should have given up, but he never did. That's true. You, you look at it honestly, like the minute you picked him for hope. I immediately went to that Steve Ditko drawing when he's got all that stuff on him and he, he just lifts up all the machinery because he's got to go save Aunt May. He's got to get her medication. And it honestly, like the justification for Blue Berry was the fact that Berry is the patron state of hope. Now Peter Parker trumps that all the time. <laughs> and I totally, I, that that is a great pick. And I thought Steve for Green just because, you know, Steve has lived through so many atrocities. And, you know, for him to come back a man out of time and, you know, again, another thing where, you know, his willpower is what kept him going, mm-hmm. knowing that the world still needed him. You know, even if you want to look at the movie iterations, right, he kind of goes from a place where, you know, he is a man out of his timeline. And then he finds out that the people he was fighting against infiltrated the one thing he thought was home now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that can be a real, real departure on a lot of things. But he embodies the symbol. And I think that's important. With Red, uh, Red Rage, uh, I thought, you know, one of the easier picks is Hulk. But I went with Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Because Wolverine, to me, is you know he is rage unfiltered, and when it's thrown at you, a berserker. It, oh yeah, a berserker. You're it absolutely is right. Nothing you can do about it. Which then got me to think: if I was going to go with the Yellow Lantern, who uses fear to manipulate and to do their best? I'd go with Magneto. I almost went with Magneto. That was yeah. one of my villains, and I decided to go to straight. I like to Magneto because you know his whole thing is you know we need to show the humans we have to put them in their place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a, it's a big thing of, you know, a play of force. It's like, check out, take a look at what we're doing. This is me. And just thinking of Magneto just in those yellow dreads would be interesting. <laughs> I can't imagine him in that. But at the same time, I think that would make sense for me. I want to picture, like, the Sinestro parallax costume, but then the Magneto helmet on top of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the, the, the rivet, like, uh, collar that he has, like, being black with yellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Nice. I, uh, I also thought that a good uh, pink love lantern. I want to go with Pepper Potts. I think oh, she's nice. someone who loves fully when she's supposed to. And I think if she got a ring and she came out at things like full force, which would then I think uh, 
Tony would be a good purple compassion because, you know, all of the lives that have been lost because oh, of yeah. his weapons and him trying to create this new world where, you know, there is like, hey, the Avengers exist to make sure that these bad things don't happen. And kind of from well, two weeks ago when we talked about our other, you know, imagine if, if he was my version of Parallax, right? Yeah. Right. It made me think back to that idea of, you know, he's just a normal guy who is surrounded by these miraculous people and he has a gift and he wants to share it in a positive way when the majority of his life he's just been doing really not giving back to humanity right. but giving them an arms race of destruction. Uh, with Pepper, I think, you know, she is a character that can be utilized a lot better a lot of the times. And I think in this case, you know, her being love, I think it opens up the avenues to doing a lot of great things. My uh, orange green lantern, I, was, I, I thought... Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Rocket because he, just watching the Guardians of the Galaxy You're movie right. and him just yeah. taking things like, how much for that? Or I'm going to take that eye. I'm, I'm going to take this. <laughs> All of those I'm aspects. I'm going to need that arm. I think, I think that makes it fun. I don't think it's in a malicious way. But again, you know, we have all these serious characters. So having Rocket come out mm-hmm. and he's in the orange, which, I think that'd be pretty interesting. Which Larfies, Larflees is definitely the comic relief. Like exactly. you bring him into the story for the laughs. Like they're the, both uh, the fuzzy, furry characters, mm-hmm. right? I um, dig that. My Black Lantern, ultimately, someone that I want to ride that death and I want to be Ghost Rider. I think an interesting yeah. pick, I like the idea of Ghost Rider. My other option, what I was thinking, was maybe Galactus. Um, you know, devour, feed, destroy. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of Ghost Rider just because I've actually been reading uh, the one you've been recommending, Chris. Yes. You know, with the little crown and him in hell. Yes. So I, mean, I like that idea. And actually, for my White Life Lantern, I, I picked the Phoenix. Because I know the Phoenix is normally known as a vehicle for destruction, but, but it's also, also known for rebirth. Yeah, so you're right. Utilized correctly, which we rarely, if ever, see. <laughs> I think it'd be a good avenue for that. So I don't know. Maybe just the incarnate of it coming out, or maybe Scott gets a ring and he the white suit again. No, Ooh, that'd be, kind of that'd be crazy. But that's my list. How about you, Chris? All right, Chris. All right, so big moment. And I'm going to make you wait a little bit longer. So I found the items. I got to share this with our, our listeners. So um, the the two things we were talking about, one, the art piece was called Arkham Lanterns. And so this was fan art. So somebody decided to take the Batman baddies and give them the emotional spectrum. So we have Two-Face with Rage, Poison Ivy with Compassion, Harley Quinn with Love, Penguin with Avarice, Joker with Will, Mr. Freeze with Hope, Scarecrow with Fear, Killer Croc coming in with death and Rachel Ghoul with life. Okay, I'm not gonna lie, Rach looks really cool with the White Lantern. Probably. Yes, no, that's a badass pick. Um, I like actually. I really am pleasantly surprised with Mister Freeze for Hope because that makes me think of Nora. Yeah, I think the that's whole a point good of why point. he did that. I, I, I like really Harley Quinn that. too, especially how they're playing her now. Yeah, like yeah, it's always like that love loss between her and the Joker, but now like she. Like, I mean, they're trying to play her as a good character, I guess, as a good person. Right. So, I mean, love is all over the place. I don't know. They can make us do crazy things. Hey. <laughs> so, <laughs> let that one sink in. And uh, the next one, um, somebody actually made this, and they gave it, like as Mitch was saying, they gave it to Jeff Johns. It's called Blackest Breakfast. And so we have uh, Pebbles oh coming in with the Star Sapphire Power. Uh, oh, my God. Toucan Sam as the Indigo Trisman. Captain Crunch with rage because Why of all that. Why is Captain Crunch the Because when you eat that cereal, you hear the <laughs> crunching sound, and it rips up the top of your mouth. Okay. So to put yourself through that for a hearty breakfast, that, that does it. <laughs> okay, Tony the Tiger makes sense. Yeah, like Tony that. the Tiger as the Green Lantern, Count Chocula as fear. Uh, oh, my God. What's, what's Cookie Crisp, the bear? 
I think he's just Cookie Crisp. Yeah, just Bear Man. Okay, so the Cookie Crisp Bear, he's the Hope Lantern. The Trix Rabbit is the Avarice one. Okay, that's genius. That's, that's a cool one. And then Quisp. I don't know this. No, cereal. that's not Cookie that's not Crisp, crisp? The, the Bear. That's uh, Honey Smacks. Honey Smacks. Ah. Thank you. Thank you. Or honey, Honeycomb. Yeah, honeycomb. Because yeah, cool... Smacks is the is the frog. Yeah, that's yes. right. So yeah, so uh, the Honeycomb Bear for the Blue Lantern, and then Quisp. The cereal that is gone is back at it with its blackest breakfast. So that's fun stuff. But I there's love no white one. Because at the time, we didn't know. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know about the White Lantern. So who would you put? Oh, like, like cereal. cereal. But just, they don't have they, a mascot. Just, like, just, that's the It'd just be a random child. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mikey? So, I, I, yeah, right. Mikey, he's the symbol for all. Um, God, no, that's lucky a, Charms, man. Yeah, they're magically delicious. And if you think about it, he has all the colors of the rainbow. Oh, that is the winning pick right there. Man, Rafa, you got that. I just wanted some Lucky Charms. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to now pause, eat a bowl of Lucky Charms, watch the big Shazam trailer, and we'll be back. <laughs> all right, so um, here's mine. So I wanted to play with this a little bit deeper than I got to, but I am happy with my picks. So, okay, coming in, the guy who's going to cause all the shit ruckus, the death Black Lantern, I'm going to give it to... My one-for-one one crossover, Grim Reaper, the brother of Simon Williams, the Wonder Man. Uh, he's a big-time Avengers villain. He's actually played with resurrecting people using all kinds of various methods. So I think finally he's just got to make that connection to Necron, and he's the one who brings the emotional spectrum to the Marvel Universe. So that's how I would play that one out. So when we talk red rage, rage and redness, redness made me think of crimson. And so I thought this would be this kind of a fun play. So the crimson bands of Coiterac or Ciderac or however you pronounce it, they're not bands, they're rings. So that makes the juggernaut actually be your rage lantern. Okay, that's good. Yeah, so I'm digging that one. Um, when I thought of avarice and I thought of orange and I thought about, okay, you know, who's that greed? And this is a tough one because I could almost see him going a different route, but I'm going to just go out there. I went with Dr. Doom. Because he is your ruler. He is a dictator. He just has it all. You, Latveria exists so you can serve it. You know, like mm -hmm. that's just him to a T. But at the same time, I almost wanted to give him the yellow fear lantern because even though people may love him, they also do fear him. But ultimately, I think he has to go avarice. Now, for my fear for my yellow, this was a tough one. I actually, I, I wanted to go with Sabretooth at first. Uh, because I, I like how you guys were talking about with Wolverine and stuff like that, because he, you know, that berserker and stuff like that. But to me, while Wolverine gets triggered through anger and stuff like that, Sabretooth, you got to admit, you saw that guy in the room, you would shit yourself because mm -hmm. that dude's just that fucked up. But I'm going to give it to the Punisher. So that was the common link mention I had. Uh, just because, again, same thing. You see Frank Castle. You're going to shit yourself. Yeah. Like, can you imagine some taxi drivers just driving around all of a sudden like, no, oh, here comes a fare, you know. Hey, I need to go to go to the van. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, my God, it's Frank Castle. I didn't do anything wrong. Shut up and drive, you know, like. So, yeah, that guy's going to totally scare you. Now, for my green willpower, this is where I, I and I'm not going to lie, I played a favorite. I went with Cyclops. I mean, the man had the will to save his race. <laughs> And I mean, I know I get it and there's a ton of, but I mean, you think about it. I mean, the guys overcome his power. Like he is one of the few X-Men that cannot turn off his power. Uh, he's, he's managed to, you know, we've seen him take down his whole team when the moments of, you know, trying to get them to be stronger and all this stuff. So I just, it takes a lot of will to deal with Wolverine shit. So there you go. <laughs> Do you use the, does he use the Green Lantern ring to uh, fix his eyesight? 
I think that'd be a fun moment. Like once he puts the ring on and like he kind of has that protective aura, like he can take off the visor and it's like, oh my God, this is freeing. Like this is kind of neat. Do you the, know? Do the, but at the same time, I, I don't know if, I, I don't think he would think that route. Like mm. I think it'd, it'd be a fun moment, but it would have to come through the story. I don't think he would have picked that moment though. And does the optic blast come out green? No, it's got to stay red. Ooh. It's got it. In my opinion, you know, it's just that's a signature thing. It's okay. punch dimension, right? But you know, that's always been a, one of these days we're going to have to have that talk because I was curious, like, what are your thoughts? Is it just because to me it's solar energy. It's just the energy that his body gets from the sun and he produces it that way. But, yeah, there's been a lot of talk of that punch dimension. I'm like, I don't know. That seems because one of these days I'm just waiting for like a hand to pop out of his eye and be like, I live in the punch dimension, <laughs> you know, fucking weird but anyways so hope this is one where i i picked a character we've talked about i give it to daredevil i mean the man like uh, you uh, how do you not read born again and not come out hopeful how do you not read guardian devil and not come out hopeful that man has been smeared through the shit his identity has been exposed so many flipping times. His identity has been so many times exposed that people don't care. You know, <laughs> it's like Matt Murdock's Daredevil. Who gives a shit? That's like the 12th time you've told us. whoop de doo you know, like, but the man still does it. He still gets up. You know, it's the same thing. It's the Peter Parker argument. He still gets up, you know, so that's why I went with him. Uh, this was a fun one. I think this is going to be some interesting territory. So when it came to compassion for the Indigo tribe, I really racked my brain and I thought about it and I just... I couldn't find somebody. And then it just dawned on me, Eddie Brock, Venom. Wow. Because he's been That's on really both good. sides. Yeah. And and I like the fact that it's him and a symbiote that are both getting this ring and the, the, the torch. Now, so, is it the black symbiote or the white or the anti-venom? So, see, I would think it would make more sense to be the, the, the anti-venom as compassion. But due to publication and what we're trying to forget all that era, it would be the black symbiote suit, classic Venom. But he'd have the cool little tribal suit and everything. <laughs> he wouldn't need it, but he'd have it. Uh, and then the next one, it came to Violet with great love. And I thought about it, and I came to those same conclusions. I thought about maybe Captain Marvel, maybe Storm. Who could I go with? And I ultimately came back to who's the first mother of the Marvel Universe? Sue Storm, Ooh, the Invisible Woman. Sue Storm. For some reason, I thought you were about to say Aunt May, and I was like, shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty fucking incredible. Here comes the wheat cakes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, but I, to me, it just came down to, to Invisible Woman. I was like, you know what? That would totally be the one, because she does. She has a family she loves, and she goes out there, and she's just a beautiful character. So that's that's my pick. And then lastly, it came down to my White Lantern for life, it's gonna and be, I thought about it, this one. It's going to be... Uh, um, Willie the mo- the postman, right? Uh, Willie Lumpkin, uh, Lumpkin there, yeah. No, no. Unfortunately, <laughs> he's just delivering that ring. Ah. Uh, he's gonna wind up giving it to. Now this is a tough one, and this is kind of a last minute pick, but I think I decided to play with it because of the spiritualness of it. But I'm gonna go with Adam Warlock. Wow! Uh, just because he was him, and the 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 soul stones, the soul stone actually gave him a soul which he later on shares during the Infinity Wars, and so I thought that was neat because here's somebody who comes. Not directly of life, but has lived. And so if anybody could embody that, it would be him. So I thought he would be that. But I did. I, I really wanted to go with the Phoenix because it just makes sense. Rebirth, Phoenixes and stuff like that. But I kind of wanted it. Like I said, I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I, I tried to stay grounded. And most of my characters are grounded except for Adam Warlock. But I was like, you know what? I think he's just different enough that I could make it work. So that's that's my Lantern core. There you go. There's your Marvel ring bearers uh i i i love everybody's roster there i think uh it was great 
um, seeing how we we cross paths on a lot of characters, mm-hmm. and then we definitely justify it into in why ours is the the correct spot. Right, and so please, everybody, as you make your lists, don't share them with us because ours are pretty already <laughs> perfect. So. I mean, I feel like this is the new March Madness right here. <laughs> yes, you make your new bracket of who gets a ring. Yes. Uh, all right, if you do have a, a choice though, and you do feel like you want you want to share it with us, then you, you should. We'll read it. We'll definitely read it and spotlight it on our twitters. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia G E M G E M stands for Geek Elite Media. Chris is also on Twitter as? Uh, I am on Twitter as Stuff I Should Say, should being spelled S-H-U-D. Rafa is also on Twitter. As at Mobile Rafi, where you get all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out our website, GeekEliteMedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geekly Media Network saying, always remember to geek geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. Hey, this is John from Geekly Media, and this podcast is being brought to you by Cuts by Candace. Candace Gist is a hairstylist that will work with you to get the right look. She uses her 18 years of experience to understand my needs and is the only one that comes near my hair. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of March 2019, and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts by Candice 3 on Instagram, and start looking the best you you can.